Hi and welcome to episode 127 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. A special day at Podcast HQ today, as I'm releasing two episodes on the same day. Earlier this morning, you may have heard me interview the fab Moira Laplante for episode 126, and now it's her husband's turn as I speak to the very talented Jesse Laplante for episode 127. Together, they are our current Photographers of the Year on this reportage, with an amazing haul of 19 awards, 14 individuals and 5 stories, won in 2022 alone. Absolutely amazing work. Jesse shares so much on the episode today, including his background in photojournalism and transitioning to weddings, the importance of finding the moonwalking bear, the story behind one of his specific reportage awards, why shooting for yourself and your clients is not mutually exclusive, working alongside his wife Moira and how that works for them, our Netflix synopsis game, and so much more too. Moira and Jesse are also doing a joint workshop in Mexico on the 20th to the 22nd of March, 2023. Visit jlaplante.com forward slash education or see this episode's blog post on TIR for the link for more details and to book. And as I mentioned earlier, I've released two episodes of the podcast today, so do check out today's earlier episode where I speak to Moira. Right, over to Jesse. Hey, Jesse, how are you doing? Oh, doing well. How are you, Alan? I am good, thank you. Yeah, I am good. Um, how are how are things with you? Because you, you're in Colorado at the moment. Is the, is the weather good? What is the weather like in in February in Colorado? Usually, it's pretty nice. Uh, that's kind of one of the misconceptions about Colorado is that it snows all the time. So it's we average about 40, 50 degrees Fahrenheit um, throughout the winter typically. But today is uh, like a blizzard. So today is, is more iconically Colorado weather, the way that people think of it. Oh, wow. Like proper like feet of snow type thing. Not quite that much yet, um, but it has been pretty consistent uh, all night and into today, I think maybe two to three inches, 10 centimeters or so. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. You know, I live in Cornwall in the UK. Like, we never have snow. Like I think once every like six years or something, really rare. Wow, that's incredible. It's, it's interesting because you're pretty far north latitude wise. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like we never. I don't think I've ever had a white Christmas in my life. Like ever. Do you get them? Do you get them regularly? Uh, I'm originally from Michigan, which is in the midwestern part of the U.S., and uh, it was yeah, it was white every single year growing up. But Colorado is kind of hit or miss. It could be two feet of snow, or it could be blue skies and sunny and seventy degrees. So you never really know. Yeah. Okay, hmm. that is interesting. I want to experience a white Christmas one day, though. I do want to experience that. Um, but I, I was saying to Moira earlier, did you do you did you overhear any of her interview, or were you sleeping? Because I was like, <laughs> yeah, your time. it was six o'clock in the morning our time, so I was just waking up and showering uh, as she was as she was doing that. So no, I didn't oh. catch any, but I'm looking forward to listening later. Oh, cool! Yeah, she was great. She was great. Um, but I, I was saying to her earlier how I've been to America like eight or nine times, but I've only ever been to Las Vegas. I've never been to anywhere else in America. Isn't you, that bad? You've only ever been, <laughs> that's, I'm just like imagining the small narrow window through which you, your perception of the U.S., like, do you think that the whole, the whole country is very, very different from that, obviously? Is it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's funny, isn't it? I know it's so bad of me. I really, I really want to visit or elsewhere. It's just, oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I just end up going to Vegas because I really enjoy it there, but you're not that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though, is it? Do you, do you like it? Yeah, uh, I like 
I like WPPI and hanging out with friends and the socialization aspect. Um, but I also kind of view Las Vegas as being like a microcosm of everything that's sort of wrong with the, the country uh, uh, to a certain yeah. degree with the, you know, superficiality and greed and gluttony and all these things. I'm probably, this might be a little bit morose for the top of the podcast here. Um, <laughs> but I do very much enjoy going for WPPI and getting to, to see friends that we, uh, you know, all in one place that we don't get to hang out with too yes. often. But yeah, we're not, I mean, distance wise, it's probably like the entire length of England to get to Las Vegas from here. But you jump on a plane, it's like a maybe an hour flight, hour five minutes or something like that. So not too bad at all. I'm so jealous of that, Jesse. It's like an 11 hour flight from where I am. And I have to do a, a five hour drive to get to London first. And then it's an 11 hour flight. It's, um, wow. Uh, yeah, but you are yeah. you are right. I guess Vegas has can be seen as kind of all the bad stuff. But that's quite that's why I quite like it as well, Jesse. That's quite like, I like yeah, it. small doses is, is my thing, you know, like two days is kind of my max. And then it's just such sensory overload. And I've, you know, I start to get a little stressed out and I need to come back and like go on a nice long hike through the mountains by myself to decompress. But I uh, get that small doses. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't want to spend too much time there, though. No, I get it. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Are you going to um, WPPI this March? It's in March, isn't it? I think. We are, yeah. Just coming up in a couple of weeks here. Looking forward to that for sure. Oh, cool. I'm not going this year. It's a shame. But um, Oh, bummer. Yeah, I'd love to go, uh, go another time. But I'm going to be meeting you in November because you're coming over to talk at Nine Dots, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. I've been to London before, um, but I've never been north or anywhere else in the country. I've been to... Uh, Dublin and London, but never out in the countryside. Or uh, and this year it's uh, it's up in Leeds, I believe, right? That's so, right. It's in Leeds. Yeah. Yes, uh, I went to university very near to Leeds. It's a fun place. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, you'll enjoy it. It's cool. Oh, I'm going to yeah. Dublin next week actually for Doc Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. kind of eyeballing that um, and hoping to make it someday, but just didn't, it wasn't in the cards schedule wise this year. But it looks like a really interesting conference for sure. It is really fun. Yeah, it's really good. And, and you know, it's, it's specifically about the documentary side. So obviously it's what uh, Repertoire is what we're celebrating. So, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, so, Jesse, I, I need to start with that. Mega congrats on yourself and Moira becoming our overall photographers of the year on TIR for 2022. You know, it's, it's an amazing feat. It really is with 14 individuals and five story wars, one in the year. It's incredible. You know, how does it how does it feel to win? Not I even mean, not even specifically repertages, but to win a photographer of the year title i mean it's 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 mega yeah well first of all thank you so much for saying that uh yeah it feels great of course um this one was especially important for me because i went to school for photojournalism um so i shot for newspapers long before i ever uh, went to a wedding um so now we're kind of more known for our portraits but it's cool that uh reportage sort of celebrates the the candid the journalistic uh, aspect of of wedding photography so yeah it was really really cool to get recognized for that oh and it's so cool man honestly just to just to win an individual just one award is so hard to get so many in a single year is just ridiculous so yeah so well deserved to you both um and i was going to ask about your photojournalism background actually um yeah can you tell us can you tell us more about that how you got into photography in the first place yeah the photojournalism and then you how you've you know went into the wedding world Yeah. Um, So my parents are both artists. My dad is a photographer. He does sort of architectural stuff um, and landscapes and things like that. My mom is a ceramicist, but I grew up 
uh, traveling around the country to art fairs and music festivals uh, and all these kinds of things. So I was exposed to a lot of different creative mediums from a very young age and always had kind of an inkling that I would grow up to do something creative for a living as a result of that. Uh, I chose photojournalism in college because Honestly, at the time, it just felt like an easy major to pick because we, we, you know, friends and I like to party and I didn't want to be a chemistry person or something like that. So, yeah, I get that. Um, but immediately kind of fell in love with it and started shooting for newspapers uh, while I was in college. And oh, cool. for a couple of years after that, uh, then it was, I think, to, around 2008 where we had the um, big recession here in the U.S. and that's kind of coincided also with the decline of the print journalism industry. So I had to find um, new avenues of, uh, of income. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to switch over to weddings, but the skill set was very transferable, of course, because we shoot weddings very similarly to the way that I work for newspapers in that it's kind of 90% pure journalism where you don't um, manipulate or, or affect the scene in any way, shape, or form. You're just a fly on the wall. And then there's 10% where you switch over and do portraits. For, for papers, it would be like a, a portrait of an athlete or a business owner uh, yeah, or a politician or something like that. So it's very, very, very similar to, to shooting weddings. That's cool. And, and when you did your first wedding then, did you instantly just, you, you know, you didn't feel any pressure to shoot in a kind of like a traditional wedding photographer style and setting everything up? No, you just went straight into that kind of like photojournalism approach with, with a bit of portraiture as well. Um, no, <laughs> I didn't. It, that's an interesting question. It seems like that, that would make sense. But uh, when I got into weddings, so actually the first wedding I shot was for a friend. Um, and it was, I charged her like, 300 bucks or something like that right yeah uh, just because i was gonna go there she's like oh free food and beer and a couple hundred dollars and i was like that sounds like a good gig to me yeah uh, <laughs> you charge a bit more than that now a little bit more than that. <laughs> a bit. yeah just a bit yeah. um but uh, you know people would tell me that, like when the industry when the journalism industry was kind of going down people would say you should shoot weddings for a living and I would always re respond with some variation of uh like i will never be a wedding photographer because <laughs> at that point in my life um, all of the wedding photography I had seen was very, very boring and homogenous and posy and blown out backgrounds, washed out, kind of stiff and uninteresting to me. So at the time, it was like the lowest thing that I could do with a camera. Um, and it wasn't until many years later that I kind of realized I had this epiphany where it was like, oh, why does wedding photography have to be boring, right? It, it doesn't. It can be anything you want it to be. It can be journalistic. It can be, you know, you can bring in landscapes. You can bring in all these other styles of photography and, and, and shoot it through whichever, uh, you know, lens, no pun intended, you want. Mm -hmm. That's so true, isn't it? I remember having a bit of an epiphany like that and just seeing, I think I was in like a... Um, I was in a shopping, very boring story actually, no, but I was, in, I was in a shop in the UK and I saw a cover of a photography magazine. It was for Horistis kind of work. And yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, that was an example of how wedding photography can be, as you say, like literally whatever you want. Isn't it? It's, um, it's, it's mad really. And that's what's so exciting about it. I think it'd be so boring if we all had to take a kind of like wedding photographer test to become one. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like, you know, signing up to be a, a, a truck driver or something, right? It's very, very personal. And yeah. and uh, we all have our own unique style. And yeah, if we all yeah. played by the same rules, uh, the world would be a pretty boring place. That is very true. That's very true. And so that very first wedding, then I guess it, it went well and, and you enjoyed it. And did that, I guess they liked the images. 
Yeah, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't a great litmus test because it was friends and um, we just kind of hung out all day and partied and I took some photos here and there. So it wasn't like the full coverage that we do now. Um, but it was also kind of a taste of, you know, wedding logistics and how it's a little bit more can be controlling and planners and timelines and those sorts of things. So all those kind of things, I was like, oh, I wasn't really expecting that part of it, right? I just thought I was going to go in and, and, and shoot. But So yeah. it's a little more controlled, I think, than going on a, a newspaper assignment where you just go in blind and, and create whatever it is you can uh, with what you have. Right, sure. Okay. But after that, how did, did you realize soon after that, that that is what you really wanted to you know go towards that and do more weddings? It was, I did like the fact that it was um, mostly happy moments and joyful, you know, it was like, mm. for most people, it's kind of the best day of their life, right? There can be things that go wrong here, quote unquote wrong, but yeah. um, for a newspaper, you know, it could be anything from photographing a, a professional basketball game to, um, you know, capturing a, a meth lab that has just exploded and, and all the right. fallout from that, right? So there's a lot of, it's like a roller coaster of emotions and not all of them are good. Yeah. Um, but with a, with a wedding, it's, it's mostly positive vibes. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it for sure. And obviously it didn't hurt that the pay was a lot better. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a plus side, isn't it? Yeah. That is a plus side. For sure. Yeah. You're so right there though as well. I think sometimes we can get you know, I think it's normal for anyone in any kind of vocation to get a bit tired or a bit downhearted about what we're doing. But we're so lucky to be around that kind of joy, like week in, week out. There's not many people who who get to spend such a, a momentous and joyful occasion with people like we do, I guess. It'd be such an intimate part of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's human nature to kind of find something to bitch about, regardless of what your circumstances are. Mm. Um, but to, to yeah, for me to have a touch point to um, shooting pure journalism where it was, you know, not for much money and you're just kind of doing it for the love of it purely. And every day, some days are horrible. Some days are great. Um, you know, shooting a wedding is easier on the psyche, I think for me. So. Yes. No, I get that. I feel, yeah, I feel exactly the same. Um, I, so let's talk about then how, um, your lovely wife Moira got involved. Um, I, I, I asked her about a line in her bio about how you met and she said that I should ask you about how you met as well. They're like <laughs> Different stories. But I also want to point out one of one of line in your bio, which is really lovely. And you say Moira and I have been together 15 years and not a day goes by that. I don't wonder just what in the hell she sees in me, which I think is very lovely, man. It's really, really nice i get that and i feel totally the same about my own wife as well so yeah yeah, yeah it's true i do feel that way oh that's so nice man and you've been together so long as well so it's just so lovely to hear that kind of thing like romance is is well alive i like that it's good yeah um was it love at first sight for you and was it did you offer to buy her a drink and an all-inclusive resort i like that <laughs> uh so my version of the story is that i was and honestly i don't think anybody knows exactly what happened because it was through the haze of three days of you know spring break um and all we have different versions all of our friends have different versions who were there with us uh but the way that i remember it is i was at the bar uh trying to get a beer and the bartender was not serving me or he wouldn't he was pretending not to see me and he was just going up to the young women that were oh, waiting yeah. for drinks right <laughs> yeah uh, so i was like hey can i get quit sorry can i get a beer and he wouldn't he wouldn't look at me so this Another young woman comes up and stands next to me. He goes straight to her. 
And she says, uh, yeah, I'd like a beer. And I think this guy wants one too, gesturing to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like none of these other people noticed that I was there. Uh, but she had the, you know, the wherewithal, the um, awareness to to see me. So we struck up a conversation. Uh, and, and that turned out to be Moira, obviously. Spoiler oh. alert. So, uh, yeah. So she's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe at some point I made a joke about buying her a drink or something because it's, you know, free at an all-inclusive resort. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, my one of my friends is like, no, man, I, I took you and I shoved you into her. And, and that's how you met. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that that's how, that doesn't work with women is getting having men shoved into them. No. And then, <laughs> Another one of my friends who was there, who was a woman, said that she, she talked to Moira in the bathroom um, and told her that she could she come talk. So, like, everybody kind of takes credit for it in their own wow. way. And you, Yeah, uh, you weren't lying. There are lots of different stories. About yes. you. <laughs> so, really I'm, I'm assuming, like, like most things in life, there's a shred of truth in all of those. In um, all but of I don't think that anyone is 100% true. That's funny. That sounds like um like what is it the glass onion film? Is that what it's called? Glass yeah, onion? yes, yeah. exactly. It sounds yeah. almost like that kind of plot type thing. That's quite uh, that's Yeah, funny. there's also a show on HBO Max called The White Lotus that's a, a re- little bit reminiscent of that too. So uh-huh. it's kind of shows, you know, sort of similar situations through different characters' that, eyes. That is funny because oh a spoiler already you know you know oh i don't know if you've listened to any episodes of the podcast but i do a kind of netflix quiz and you have just mentioned the show that i was going to ask you in the quiz oh yeah <laughs> i will have uh, to quickly swap it out when we get to that because yeah i was going to ask you about you. the white yeah. lotus wow. yeah you did that's funny. what a coincidence there's so many yeah. shows yeah that is a, there is a coincidence is it good that i've never seen it is it good it, it's interesting yeah it's it's unique it's a kind of a different i don't know if i'd call it a comedy or a drama or a little bit of a thriller a little bit of a crime element it's kind of like a mashup of all different genres so it's yeah i i've watched it and i, I enjoyed it okay cool i will i will check it out because i think it's been mentioned on the podcast before so yeah it must it must be pretty good cool and and then now What's it like shooting? We know, you know, I love my wife very dearly, um, but I can't, I can't imagine still shooting a wedding with her. You know, um, do you, what is it like working with with your other half? You know, do you ever argue? Do you ever get, do you ever get competitive about like who got the best shot and so on, or is it like perfectly harmonious? It's definitely not perfectly harmonious. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we get along ninety percent of the time, probably. Um, uh, we're not super competitive when it comes to photography because Mora's background is in business and mine is in, is more in art and photography. So our skill sets don't overlap totally. Um, so it's kind of a, it's like the perfect, um, you know, match for us because she's great at all the things that I'm not so great at and, and vice versa. Um, but yeah, like we will definitely disagree when calling, I'll say, is this one better? Is this one better? One, two, one, two, and we'll disagree. And, and, you know, come back to it later with a fresh eye. But as far as getting along long term goes, I would say that the key is taking time apart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we we make a, a concerted effort to, you know, not we're both pretty introverted to begin with and, and really enjoy our alone time. So the day after a wedding, you know, I'll go to one room in the house and read a book and she'll go to another room in the house and read her book and we won't talk for a day or so. <laughs> some people are like, wait, what? Oh, you don't talk that you must not like each other. But that's, you know, it's it's this idea of like absence making the heart grow fonder and, you yeah. know, you know, not really knowing what you have until it's gone. So, um, so yeah, just taking time apart and, and recognizing that, you know, we're on the same team. If we're, 
when you're at a wedding, the only person you can vent to is each other, right? You can't put your stresses on the couple or any of the other vendors or anyone else. So if one of us snaps at the other, we just look at each other. We, you know, we say it's not about you. We're on the same team and move forward. That's cool. That's lovely to have. Yeah, I think that's really, that's really, really nice. So I shoot, you know, all my weddings solo. I've never even shot with a second before. So it must be, yeah, lovely to have her there with you on the day. Um, yeah. Do you have like set kind of roles? You know, does one of you always do bridal prep and the other does groom prep or do you mix it up? Or Yeah, Maura does um, bridal and I do groom. If it's a same sex wedding, we basically just flip a coin or, okay, okay. you know, if one of us clicks better with one of them, something like that. But uh, mm. yeah, I think I know some some couples kind of do the reverse, but we found that that kind of gives us the gains us the best access into what's going on. Um then we come together for portraits. If we're doing portraits before the ceremony, we both shoot ceremony. Um, and then kind of by the end of the reception, Maura is sort of finished shooting and she's more of a lighting tech because she right, usually yeah. typically starts like two to three hours before me with the beginning of makeup. Um, so then I, I shoot later into the night so she can kind of take a break. Oh, that works so well. It says that you've got it. It's got such a good kind of just works so well. That's what that's really cool. It works for it? us. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true, isn't it? That's cool. Um, and what was it like before you had more more? So before the two of you were shooting, did you work with other second shooters or did you used to shoot on your own? I've shot on my own maybe 10 to 15 times, typically smaller weddings or for friends where it wasn't as high stakes. Um, sure. I've only ever had one other second shooter for one wedding, and it was because Moira, Moira had her, and I'm pronouncing her name multiple ways here. <laughs> There's a whole story <laughs> behind that, too. Moira is sort of the Irish pronunciation. Moira is like the Americanized version. Um, uh, okay. She goes by both. But oh, cool. Good. <laughs> I've completely forgotten what the question was. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it was about before um, Moira was. Oh, part second, of you, yes, yeah, second, yeah. second shooter. I've shot. I only shot one wedding with a second with another second shooter, is because Moira had uh, her brother's wedding that day, and oh, okay. it w it was awful. I I hated it. I didn't recognize how much, or how how much of our uh, communication is sort of nonverbal on the wedding day until. I worked with someone else and realized that, oh, shit, I have to, like, explain everything in, in granular detail or else it's not going to happen. So that it really heightened my appreciation for um, the rapport we have with one another on the wedding day. Oh, it's really cool. This is it's really nice, Jesse. It's so nice that I've I've um these episodes will be coming out separately with weeks apart, but I have spoken to you and Moira on the same day today. It's so nice to hear you both talking about each other. I feel like it's just really I nice. Like, I like it. I feel like maybe I need to bust out some some of the dirt now or something. <laughs> maybe I'm being too nice. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, it's 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 all it's all really lovely. It's really nice to hear. Yeah, I don't want to pretend like it's all it's all chocolate and roses, obviously, right? Like it you know. <laughs> It's there. There are downtimes. There are ebbs and flows. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's it's real life, isn't it? It's real life. And I, but I think that's a good tip, a good advice as well, though, to have that bit of time apart. And that is important to relationships. So, you know, me and my wife's called Oni. We do we do separate things and have different interests as well. Um, but it's important. It is important. Yeah. Um, right. Jesse, are you are you happy to do that little thing I mentioned earlier about the Netflix synopsis? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. So is it only 
shows and movies from netflix or it just... isn't actually no i use the netflix very um yeah i mean anything actually okay just... <laughs> netflix when... is, yeah it's becoming like a catch-all term kind of like kleenex or it's, um it's you know yeah. vaseline like it's the name brand that's becoming the generic term it's interesting yeah i wish i'd uh, bought shares about 10 years ago or something no kidding yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if anyone's listening for the first time, I'm going to um, say some synopses of either a movie or a series, and we're going to see if Jesse can get it. Um, I hope people are enjoying it at home. I'm enjoying playing it. Um, so, yes, are you ready for your first one? I am very excited. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad. There's no prizes. I'm sorry, but it's. Oh, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still excited. <laughs> did Moira tell you how well she did? She, yeah, she said that she got Arrival, which is one of our favorite films of all time. I mean, all of Denis Villeneuve's work is incredible, but Arrival particularly is. So I'm I'm a little jealous she got that one. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's such a coincidence. That's one of your favorite films. And, and, and yeah. I put that in as a hard one. I thought the synopsis was quite hard in that, actually. But yeah, cool. OK, right. So your first one, um, Jesse, this is it's quite an old movie. It's about 20 years old. OK, OK, right. In a bid to end their misfortune with women, four friends, Jim, Oz, Finch, and Kevin, try every trick in the book to ensure that they lose their virginity before prom night. Oh, man. I'm, I, it, so it's clearly like a, a rom-com from the early 2000s. And I'm yes, sure everyone that's is. listening to this right now is, <laughs> is like, how do you not know this immediately? I don't watch a ton of comedies. And if I did, it was probably when I was in around high school or college. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, You've nailed okay. the timeline of it, though. That's like, <laughs> well, you said 20 years, right? So. Oh, yes. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that helped me. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's uh, that as a clue, it's got um, it's also the name of a song. Um, very oh, long. Is, is it American Pie? It is. Boom. All right. Yes. yes, I did see American Pie. I haven't seen it in 20 years since it came out. No, um, same here. But and I don't remember the plot. I remember the the scene with the pie. Yeah, uh, that that's a little bit hard to erase from memory. But uh, that okay, is true. That is All true. Right. Well, you got that, man. You knew it. You got it. You got it as well. Yeah, I I, I remember going to the cinema to watch that actually. Um, did you ever watch any of the sequels? There were loads of sequels. I you know I don't know if I did from beginning to end, but I, I'm I'm aware of their existence. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's quite a lowbrow for uh, one. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) That was a good one. I like it. Okay, that's good. Okay, Um, one out of one so far, Jesse. Let's go on to your second one. This is an even older movie. Um, Even older movie. Okay, so a cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor must now protect... Oh, Terminator. Oh, yes, but it's... It's specific. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I should right, let yeah. you finish. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. A cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor must now protect her 10-year-old son, John, from an even more advanced and powerful cyborg. All right, so that would be the second one. Um, I can't think. I know there's like a colon and then a couple more words. I don't know what the subtitle is. It's a oh, Terminator, yeah. Terminator 2. That's right. Uh, I forgot sh- it was subtitle, but it is, yeah. yeah I'm not going to get it. No, it's Judgment Day. Judgment. Judgment Day, that's it. Son yeah. of a bitch. Close, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> well, you still got it straight away, though. And I didn't even have to finish the synopsis. So that is that yeah. is really good. That is a great film. I've not seen it since since that time, actually. Yeah. I remember enjoying the second one more than the first one, actually. Mm, yeah. yeah. I remember as well, they had that, that Guns N' Roses song from it at the time. And that was playing mm. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's cool. Two out of two. So, right, your third one was going to be the White Lotus. So I've got some other ones here that I've not asked. So which one should I do? Which one should I do? Oh, okay. Let's let's do. Do you, want a, do you want a series or a movie? You could choose. I'm better with movies, I think. So maybe let's do okay. With that. Let's do a movie. Okay. 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 This is old as well. Sorry, it's just the ones I've got in front of me. Okay. Okay. Um. A former neo-Nazi skinhead tries to prevent his younger brother from going down the same wrong path that he did. American History X. Wow, boom. That is so good to get that. I I love that movie so much. It was up until uh, 1917 came out a couple years ago. I think American History X was probably my favorite film of all time. Oh, what, what? That is such a weird coincidence. How I asked Moira one of her favorite films, and now this it is, is one of your favorite. It films. is bizarre, right? I mean, there there are what tens of thousands of movies, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 bizarre. I've only ever seen that once, but I remember it being oh, it's so powerful. Um, that's a powerful film. That yeah, curb not, stomp scene is like oh. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that it, I doubt that it holds up today, um, socially. Yeah. But at the at the time, I remember it being very powerful. Mm. Yeah, I should watch it again. It's cool how you mentioned 1917 as well. I was blown. I went to the cinema to watch that. That was amazing, isn't it? I thought that was so cool. Was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is it? No. No, it's not Sam Mendes, is it? No. Could it is Sam Mendes. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a British director, right? He's from, yes. from England. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is, isn't it? And he also did um, Amer- oh, American oh. Beauty. American Beauty, yeah, which and, I love. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's he just put out a movie called Empire of Light that was uh, filmed by Roger Deakins, who was also the DP on 1917. He's incredible. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, he has a lot of Road to Perdition is another good one of his. Oh, is that with Tom Hanks, is it? No? Yeah, Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. I've never seen that, but until, ah, you do. You know a lot about your movies. Are you you're quite a cinema, cinemaphile? Is that a word? <laughs> cinephile, yeah. Cinephile. A, a bit, a bit, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I try not to be too pretentious about it, but everybody thinks I'm pretentious, so I guess <laughs> I just embrace it, call it a cinephile, call myself a cinephile. Oh, uh, yeah, cool, I, watch, I watch like 300 movies a year, so um, wow. oh. this, I guess, yeah, it was kind of a... I was cheating. I was play- I was sandbagging you here on this game a little bit, I guess. <laughs> well, you nailed, you nailed it, Jesse. So good. Three out of three. Um, that is so good. Wow. I'm blown away by how quickly you got that American History X one. Isn't it? That's really it's cool. just I've seen that movie so many times. I haven't watched it in like 10 years, but um, I used to watch it once a, once a year or so. Oh, wow. Gosh. Okay, cool. Do you know what do I watch once a year? I love it sounds really like um, corny, but I do watch Groundhog Day probably every year. Not on Groundhog Day, but I love that film. Do you like Groundhog Day? Well, that's very fitting for the theme of the film, too. Yes, I know. (laughs) To to repeat, it's like, uh, it's it's very meta of you. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Do you like it? Do you like it? I don't honestly. I don't know if I've seen seen it all the way through. Oh, really? uh, and if I did, it was when I was a very young child. So I I, I do like Bill Murray. Um, yes. I just don't. I mean, I'm sure it was it's a classic, right? I just haven't oh. seen it in a long time. Oh, you got to rewatch it. You got to watch it again, Jesse. Yeah, it is. I will. I will. Yeah. I, I missed it this maybe next February. Yes. <laughs> when when is the actual Groundhog Day? I think it's February second, but I don't know if it's uh, one of those that's always the same day or if it you know moves oh, with yeah, the day, day of the week or not. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, like Easter. So, yeah. Anyway, right. okay, that is cool. Well, thank you for that. Was fun, Jesse. Let's. Uh, I enjoyed that little. Uh, yeah, thank you for let's... that. We I could do the whole podcast like that, right? <laughs> Who cares about photography? <laughs> that is true. We should just yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a spin-off one. Um, yeah, Jesse on movies. That would be cool, actually. It'll ha- it'll have seven views on the entire. <laughs> <laughs> 
um okay cool let let is let's go back to your photography and you say on your bio that you've been shooting weddings for 15 years which is a real healthy time you know how how do you personally like keep your passion for wedding photography you know any tips for people who may be feeling a little tired or have generally been shooting a long time and maybe are feeling a bit I don't know you know sometimes people hit walls or they start to get a bit disillusioned with the industry or their work you know what's been how do you stay passionate for it i mean it yeah it's a constant struggle um for all of us i think and i struggle with that just just the same as anyone else um there's a few things that help me one is that being a wedding photographer allows us to live the the lifestyle that we like to live where we're in, in control of you know all of our business decisions and you don't need to send anything up a up a ladder to get approval right if you want to change something in your business you can just mm. snap your fingers and, and make that happen right that's true um, but also so there's this kind of, i feel like there's this debate in our industry is that you know should you shoot for yourself or should you shoot for your clients right mm, yeah. um and i don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive I think that we can do both at the same time as long as we are good at targeting our ideal clients, right? And not just booking anything that comes across uh, our desk. And that's why I'm very fortunate to have Moira on my team because she is uh, a business guru and is very, very good at kind of defining the, I don't want to say demographics, but more like psychographics, the types of people who have been really, really enjoyable to work with and who kind of um, are, you know, are booking us for our style specifically so that when it comes to the wedding day, they just say, do whatever you want, right? Just all we want is something cool from you. Mm -hmm. um, and that way we can kind of, you know, work on wh whatever we want to work on as opposed to, um, you know, hitting a, a checklist or like a... Um, yeah, a Pinterest board or something and feeling more like a hired hand. So we, yeah. we feel more like, again, this is going to sound super pretentious, but I feel a little bit more like a commissioned artist sometimes than I do um, a service provider, which I know is contrary to what probably 99% of our industry says we should be. But Boy. again, as, lo as long as we're on the same page with a client and they're happy with what we're creating, I think that we can shoot for ourselves and for our clients at the same time. So that's big for us. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. And I, I don't think that is pretentious at all. I, do, I don't think I could be doing this, you know, as well as doing reptiles. I'm, you know, I'm a photographer as well and, and obviously shoot weddings. And I, I couldn't be doing it if I just felt like a service provider. I do think what we do is, and as I, I'm going to disclaim it like you did, it sounds a bit pretentious, but it's true. I, I think it's it's art on the fly, you know, we are. And it is, as you say, it's like commissioning an artist, I think. And we all have different styles different ways of viewing the world and i think that's that is how it should be it shouldn't be just like down to you know just something off a checklist like need a videographer need a photographer um yeah so and it's like the holy grail as you say you and moira mentioned it on the podcast as well um having clients who are really choosing you because of your imagery that they can't get anywhere else they fall in love with you and your style so i mean she mentioned how during the pandemic that your clients were getting back to you and checking your dates first, you know, when they're rearranging weddings because they couldn't have anyone else shoot your wedding. And how do you think that's come about for you guys? You know, is it all about just showing the images that you love or is it, is it more than that? Is it about, you know, how you word your website? Cause I love the way there's a lot of personality in your website as well. How do you think you get the clients that really just love what you guys do? 
Mm, that's a great question. I feel like we don't have enough time to cover all of it. So I'm trying to do triage here and, and figure out what's what are the what, like what are the uh, cliff notes here for this. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it, this is definitely again where Mora's expertise comes in. Um, it, it's the image selection. We're only you know it's show what you want to shoot has become kind of a cliche in our industry, but we are very very rigid about that. Um, we're not picking things that we think. Uh, the you know the masses will like right. We're picking yeah. things that that speak to us, so that uh, the people who see those images and come to us are going to dig the same things that we dig, right? So that we're not you know we're not putting a bunch of details and and formal things and kind of like basic portraits. We're only putting the stuff on there that that we're really really excited about because we want our clients to come to us because they're really really excited about what they're seeing. Same thing with the the copy on our uh, website. Um, the way that we write social media posts, um, the way that more interacts with clients when they email or call. Um, yeah, it's all those things and so much more. Yeah, no, that's so cool. And I, I just as, <clears throat> as a small point, I really like that photo. Is it on your about page where you, you are you like snow, throwing snowballs at each other or something? It's just such a oh. cool image. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, so we do a Christmas card every year. Speaking of kind of non traditional. Um, we don't, you know, put on Santa hats and look at the camera. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's great too. Um, yeah. but we go into our backyard, set up lights at nighttime and just kind of do something weird. And, and yeah. I think that one was, uh, you know, we put the camera up on a tripod on interval mode or whatever it's called and, and just chuck snowballs at each other. And, uh, there's a whole sequence of her. Just, I was trying to play a little bit nice, right. And just like <laughs> throw some snow on her. And that one is uh, like the the middle shot of a series of her like really winding up for a fastball and just plastering me square in the chin. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Oh, I love hearing the story behind that because I, I obviously presumed that someone else had captured that shot of you both as well. That's so cool. It was like self-captured. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun for sure. We like to do that every year and a little bit of whiskey is involved probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. But that photo is like the moment before the moment. That's very cool. But just yeah, I, I mentioned that as well, because, you know, a lot of photographers sites have a very kind of standard you know portrait shot of the photographer often taking a, a kind of camera selfie you know and things and again that's just you guys showing personality um which is, is just so important it's yeah really cool um and and i'm jealous of the snow as well as i said you know <laughs> really yeah. jealous of that. i'll send um, you a photo from today it's it's looking really pretty out there right now Oh, yes, I am jealous, honestly. And my kids, I think they've only seen like snow like once or twice in their life. Um, so, yes, send some over here. Send some over here. I will do that. I'll talk to the meteorologist for you. <laughs> I, do you I think, oh, I wasn't going to ask you about it, actually, but I think I remember on your bio, though, you, you love to ski, don't you? Yeah, actually, this year is the first year that we haven't gotten ski passes um, in 15 years being in Colorado, but uh, because we have a, a whole travel schedule coming up this winter. Uh, but yeah, we love to ski. Um, we Our joke is that it's like two two seasons. It's wedding season and ski season. Oh, uh, so cool. typically in a normal winter, yeah, we're uh, up in the mountains every week for sure. Oh, man. You said you do. You paint a very lovely kind of... Um... It just, you seem to have a very nice, cool life. And it just sounds really cool, honestly. And how Moira said you're going to be moving into something that sounds totally epic soon as well. Yeah, yeah. We found, we've always wanted land. 
it, first of all, our life isn't that great, right? I think that I'm part, these are probably just the highlights or something. I feel like we need to get into some of the nitty gritty here or something because, uh, you know, it's like you see social media and that's only like the highlight reel of someone's life. So that's, no, I'm probably painting a nicer picture than it really is. But uh, yeah, we're moving to uh, a 50 acre chunk, chunk of land. I, what's your... I don't know what that is in metric, like square. Oh, How do you I measure know. land? No, I think we do. We do still say acres here. I think. Do you yeah. say acres? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fifty acres. Um, it's huge. It's it's massive. Yeah, we're very very excited about it because we've always wanted land. Right now, I think we live on like maybe 0.2 acres or 0.15 yeah. acres or something like that. Wow, that's uh, you quite can change. touch the neighbor's house, you know, if you lean out the window type of situation. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's a big house on a up on a hill with 50 acres surrounding. So we're very very excited about that. If all knock on wood, if all goes to well, if all goes well with you know the inspection, uh, we should be in there by April. So exciting, man! So exciting. That's so cool. So the plan is not to build like a huge um, like wedding venue there, is there? <laughs> we could. <laughs> yeah. We definitely could. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were walking around the property being like, okay, there's a shot, there's a shot. Maybe we just do all our engagement sessions from here, here from now on, because (laughs) in the distance, you can see the Sangre de Cristos uh, mountain range and Spanish peaks. And uh, Uh it's very, very picturesque. Yeah, we're, we're very fortunate. So cool, man. So cool. Will you, will you have animals? Will you keep animals and things then? Or? Maura really likes dogs, and we've never had one since we've been together because we travel so much. But um, mm. I, I could see at this place eventually. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll probably happen. Not not like farm animals or anything. But there's so much wildlife that, you know, when we when we went there, um, we went outside and we just stood there in the silence and just listened to the hawks, like going by. And then there's coyotes and. Um, you know, there, so I think cool. there's there's bears sometimes too. We heard, which is odd because it's kind of high plains desert, so I didn't know there would be bears, but apparently there are and rattlesnakes and all sorts of things. So, Ooh, man, it's exciting yeah. though. But <laughs> we have far less dangerous animals in Cornwall, where I am. I think uh, I don't know what the yeah, most dangerous that, thing would be, like a hedgehog, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we have prairie dogs, um, which are similar, I think. Okay. They come out of the ground, but yeah. yeah. Like prairie dogs I'm not maybe not that. similar to a hedgehog now that i think about it I get all when i think hedgehog i can just think of the little blue guy from the video game oh sonic yeah, sonic, yeah. <laughs> do you like do you like gaming are you a video gamer really? no i did when i was a, a kid uh, i think the last console i owned was the n64 oh, playing yes. uh, golden eye and Oh yeah, Ocarina they just re-released that on Switch. Um, oh, Ocarina of Time! I remember getting yeah. that. Yeah, classics. Those man. are two of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Um, let's go on to because um, as you mentioned a hawk there. I don't know if the bird that I'm going to talk about was a hawk, but one of your repertoire awards, which is just awesome, man. I mean, you've got so many, both of you. It's just so cool. But one um, I want to ask you about is a bird of prey. Like bring it looks like bringing the rings into the ceremony. You know the one I mean. Yes. Yeah, that is a hawk. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. Cool. Can you tell us the, It was the ring bearer for the, it was like a Cherokee uh, ceremony. And um, yeah, so he, instead of, so, like sometimes people will have, you know, tie the rings to their dog's neck or something and have the mm-hmm. dog come in, but uh, fitting with the, with the theme of the wedding. Um, so they, I, the uh, train, the hawk trainer guy kind of prepped us beforehand to explain how it would work uh, okay. so that we could capture it and uh did you know before were, the day it was going to happen or was this as you turned up in the morning like i'm i can't remember how that worked um mm. 
it was we we definitely knew before the ceremony though uh and so he he did a couple like dry runs with the hawk flying him up and down um and to shoot it i I was getting in really low and close like at the at the bottom to shoot up and wide uh and the the trainer guy was like you're you're not going to be able to to stand there because the hawk could theoretically claw your face off (laughs) because to get the hawk to come down he holds like a rabbit's foot or something out right so the hawk will will fly to him um i was like shit okay i can't be there but that's you know in my mind's eye i was seeing myself being in really close to get the hawk like swooping right over my camera um i was like okay i'm gonna have to stand back and shoot this with a 200 or something it's not gonna look nearly as impressive because the hawk's gonna get lost in the background um so then when it came time to to do it for real during the ceremony um i just kind of threw caution to the wind ignored everything that he told me and ran in and kind of slid in on my knees and took a whole bunch of shots in rapid succession as the hawk kind of blew over my camera uh, you know wings fully extended um uh-huh. at 20 miles an hour and uh one of those shots out of like the 50 frames that, that were taken uh had the hawk kind of isolated perfectly up in the sky and uh yeah that was one of my one of my favorite shots of all the time for sure that's so cool man oh it's so cool to hear the story behind it was um was the handler a bit annoyed at you afterwards or he never like, noticed me and that's i feel like the thing on a wedding day where people are all like oh where are you going to be are you going to be intrusive at the end of the wedding day they're always like we never even knew you were there right mm. like where I, where were you when this photo was taken um that's and i don't know if maybe that's a product of the you know newspaper uh shooting where you're not supposed to be intrusive and and not supposed to be the focal point but also i think that on the wedding day people are just so in into what they're doing that they're not you know worried about where the photographer is so yeah yeah, he didn't even notice me i got in and i got out and and uh, and then later he sent us a message like oh what a cool photo (laughs) i was like yeah (laughs) i wonder why it was cool because i didn't listen to you man (laughs) yeah (laughs) you should have just replied like that yeah that's super cool oh yeah it's so i'm looking at it now you know as you're talking about it as well it's so yeah the way the bird is totally in that middle area against the sky like perfect it almost looks like a heart as well did you ask the bird to do like a heart shape as it flew down oh i didn't even (laughs) i pulled it up no i didn't even notice that's the first i've that we took that uh that was like five years ago that's the first i've noticed yeah, kind of. It's like a heart, though, isn't it? It's, I could uh, see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, man, it's awesome. It's so cool. It's so cool to take risks like that to get a different new. When you knew that would be a far more kind of dynamic, impactful shot, as as you say, rather than being on the longer lens. Um, yeah, it's yeah. cool. And, and you I still, still got have both my your face, eyes. fortunately. Yes, which is that's a bo- that's a bonus to come away from the weddings with without any huge scratches, Daniel. For cool. sure. <laughs> I love. I've only done. I've handled you know birds of prey a few times at you know bits of falconry at various places. I love it. They're amazing birds like that. Did you get to hold him at all on that day? I didn't. No. I mean, I'm sure that's a liability issue or something. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Sure. I I mean, not that I recall. No, but we got lots of <laughs> lots of photos with them for sure. We spent some time. Have you ever done that separately, like handle the bird of prey or fly them or anything? No, no, I don't think so. No. Have you? Yeah. Well, yeah, only a few times in my life. And it's just magical. Honestly, I just I love it. They're such amazing creatures. Um, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah I did. What nice. I did one wedding where they brought the, the rings on a, um, a bird like that. In the ceremony. My shot was nowhere near as good as yours. Nowhere near as good. But well, I'm sure it was. <laughs> no, sure no, it, was. it wasn't. Jesse. It wasn't. But I was just kind of happy that I got a few in focus, actually. So it was um, it was OK. <laughs> it's OK. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so cool. Thank you for telling me, uh, uh, talking about that shot. That's awesome. Anyone listening now, do head to this reportage.com. I'll include that um, striking image that Jesse just spoke about there. Um, Jesse, as well as being an awesome photographer yourself uh, and you and Moira, you also run workshops, which is fab. Can you, can you tell us more about those? How, you know, how long you've been doing them? Do you, do you enjoy them? Have you got any like coming up? Yeah, yeah, we started in uh, 2018, so we're going into our fifth year now. Nice. Uh, we do about three a year. Typically, they're in Colorado. Uh, we taught just the two of us for the first couple of years, and then we're like, we d- we're the type of people who always needed to kind of do it differently so it doesn't become rote and, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so our idea was to start bringing in uh, other photographers to speak with us where we would kind of, uh, collaborate in, in uh, you know, on, on a two to three day thing. So we started out with um, kind of like mini conferences, a little bit like very, very mini conferences. Yeah, so we cool. started out with Christian Cardona from Colombia. He's one of our uh, favorite photographers in the world. Last year, we added Jason Vinson from Arkansas. Uh-huh. Um, upcoming, we have one in, depending on when this uh, airs, it might not be upcoming anymore. But oh, we yeah, have one that's on- true. <laughs> On March 20th to 22nd in Guadalajara, uh, Mexico with Christian Cardona again and uh, our friend Alejandro Gutierrez. We have another one in June in Texas. Uh, again, Christian, he's one of one of our favorite guys, as you can tell. Oh, Esteban, yeah. I need to es- check out. I don't think I know of his work, actually. I need to check that out. He's an incredible wedding photographer, but I also think that he's the probably the best senior portrait photographer in the world that I've ever seen. It's incredible what he does. And he'll do like he'll shoot like 30 kids in a day and every single one of the photos is I I remember when he first showed it to me. I was like, so this is your portfolio from your career. He's like, no, no, no. That was one day at a school. (laughs) 30 very intricate and meticulous and beautifully lit portraits of these seniors. Um, That's also with, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say the workshops that are coming up, are they, so are they all kind of multi-day affairs, are they? They're all multi-day, yeah, the one in Mexico is three days, the one in Texas is five days, because we have uh, five instructors, Um, but there's, yeah, you can uh, go to jlaplante.com slash education is kind of the details uh, for all that and to sort of stay in the loop about what's coming up in the future. And um, nothing's set in stone yet, but we're planning sort of a mini thing for after either right before or right after nine dots uh, uh, yes. for the UK folks too. So That is cool. And I will also include a link through to to the, the, the link you just mentioned there. So if people want to head to this reptiles.com uh, to this podcast episode, I'll, I'll also include a link through to there. Yeah, that's cool. You should definitely do one around um, nine dots. Probably the, the day before will be better rather than the day after the uh, after party because everyone ah, just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I've heard that about nine dots. So yeah, we're it's pretty a good much looking party. forward to that, but also, uh, yeah, that, that could be a little bit, a little bit rough for sure. Oh yeah. You don't want to do a, um, a workshop hungover that I can't think of much worse. Actually, that'd be, that'd be pretty. No, bad. I mean, we've done it before, but, uh, oh, really? not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ill-advised. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. Um, and that's got, and do you, do you enjoy doing this? What you I mean, you must enjoy doing the workshops. Do you talk about all the whole gamut of what you do, the documentary side, the portraiture as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the first, the beginning part of the workshop is all about mindset. Um, you know, inspiration kind of foundation, the way that we think 
uh, before we even pick up the camera. Second mm. part of the workshop is about the nuts and bolts, the shooting, the lighting, you know, settings, all those kinds of things. Um, and then the third part is business, which is kind of Morris uh, time to shine where, you know, she goes into, you know, with granular detail into how we run our business, which is very different um, from from most wedding photographers. Okay. Well, yeah, she was saying like how you kind of outsource to each other rather than outsourcing externally, which I think is a really yes, cool way. Yes, and we outsource it. personal things in our lives a lot, right? Like lawn mowing and yard <laughs> work and, and things like that. But we don't outsource a lot of business things because we, I guess, are a bit type A, <laughs> a bit controlling. <laughs> and uh, we would rather do the work on our own than than be managers, I think. Well, that's one way of how you become so successful as well, I think. So, yeah. And I, I get that about outsourcing um, the lawn mowing. I outsource that to my wife. My wife uh, <laughs> does that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate doing that. It's the worst. It's the worst. Um, you're going to have um, quite a lot to mow when you move. Oh, well, it's there will be no lawn. Thankfully. Oh, it's all desert. Yeah, like, it's all desert. It's like shrub, shrub grass and um, buffalo grass and, and pinion trees. And so, yeah, no, no lawn mowing, fortunately. Wow. There must be, you must have to do some kind of like maintenance though, I guess. Wouldn't you? I'm like, I don't I yeah, just I should, to get my head around that. It's I like, should probably Google that, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's fire mitigation things that you have to do, like trim back trees so that there's, you know, X amount of feet away from the house and oh, right. and those sorts of things. But uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it's just the natural untouched land. And I had, but yeah, I'm going to Google that. Thank yeah. you for I'm adding <laughs> that to my list of shit to do right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, I want to, on kind of like, uh, we're talking about semi kind of landscape there in nature. I read that you've been to all 50 American states, which is very cool. A lot better than me. We haven't been to the one US state. Just Vegas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite out of that 50? Is that because, uh, did some of that traveling come from your photojournalism work? And I guess some has come from weddings, but it's also just personal travel as well. Yeah, I, my, I, like I mentioned, my parents uh, traveled a lot as I, I was growing up. So I oh, went okay. to maybe 30 or 35 before I was in college. Um, and then after I graduated college, I just took like a really long trip around the West to go to all the ones I hadn't been to uh, with the intention of finding somewhere to move to. Um, and Colorado was my favorite. So I moved here. It's still uh, my favorite. Uh, my favorite city, though. I would say is New Orleans uh, oh. in Louisiana because of the culture and the food and the architecture and the music. It's just a really, really interesting and unique place. I would love to go there. That is a place that I, I would really like to go. Um, I remember playing, it's quite a sad reference this, but I, an old adventure game. I used to play PC games. Well, I still do actually, but years ago, an old adventure game was set in New Orleans. So I just like loved it from then. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit like it does. It reminds me of Las Vegas in some ways where it's kind of a party city, but it's got so, so much rich culture underlying the, the party scene that, um, yeah, I just love it there. Oh. Cool. That's a great recommendation. I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere else other than Vegas, Jesse. And you will so. be one of those. Places. I hope so. Yeah. America's I mean, the states are so diverse. I mean it's it's almost like fifty different countries within one country. That's cool. So you've been to Alaska as well then? Yeah, we went there. That was my fiftieth. Uh, we was. went there I think in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, we went to Juneau, which is the capital and it's it's the only 
I don't want to say landlocked. It's the only capital city in the U.S. that you can't drive to from outside. There's no highway that goes to it. You have to take a plane in oh, or right. a boat. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, very cool. cool up there. Mm, cool. Okay, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to go there as well. But um, yes, New Orleans first. I want to go to Yosemite as well. I've never been there. Have you been to Yosemite? Yes, it's gorgeous. I would just say go. Uh, outside of tourist season because it can be so crowded that it, it kind of ruins the the experience so you know uh, you want to go on like a tuesday morning in november something like that okay that's good advice as well people tuning in now like they're like oh this is not a travel this is not a travel podcast <laughs> yeah. go back to photography we're just um, gonna but... do movie recommendations and travel <laughs> tips that's all that's happening oh i love all that though free flowing free flowing it's all good it's all good um jesse let's let's actually let's go let's go back to your photography though um has there been a specific like turning point in your career at all something perhaps a certain wedding or an award or an image you took that or something that's had a major impact on you in your career oh that's a really interesting question i'm going to need a minute to think about that thank thank yeah, goodness no, that, that you can good. edit this <laughs> yes <laughs> take all the time um, we need it's all good so yeah the i mean the biggest turning point i think for us in our business was when moira um decided to quit her full-time job and come over to work on the photo business full time because before that uh, she was just kind of second shooting with me and um, I was sort of wearing all the 17 hats that you have to wear when you run a business and doing um, you know insurance and taxes and customer service and emails and social media and all the other SEO and all the other 10 million things right so mm -hmm. I didn't have a ton of time to like to kind of dedicate towards improving the art part of it um, when she decided to quit her full-time job and come over and work full-time on the business, all of a sudden it freed me up to get a little bit more exploratory with what we were doing with our cameras and with our lighting. So um, not to mention the the fact that she's just so much better at business than I am. So when she did that, both the art part and the business part, I think, started to really take off. Uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful that she made that decision. I remember it sitting down at the kitchen table and and uh, having this discussion she was like okay i'm working this full-time job i'm also shooting with you and taking on more responsibilities and it's just too much so what what do i do do i do i go over to my full-time job or do i come over to this and we were like okay that's a big salary and health benefits and all these things to lose mm -hmm. um but we decided to kind of take the plunge and uh you know fortunately it it's worked out so far Yes, I think you made the right decision there. You made the right decision. Um, but as you say as well, it is scary to do that kind of thing, isn't it? Giving up a kind of like guaranteed income. I know for a lot of us as wedding photographers, we will sometimes have almost a year's guarantee, you know, because we generally buck up about a year ahead. But I guess everyone's different. But, you know, we have that semi-guaranteed income. But to lose an actual guaranteed kind of income like that is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, especially since, like you mentioned, the the nature of this business is that, you don't see the the rewards on something until about a year later, right? So mm. I remember like maybe 10, 11 months after she quit her job, I'm looking at her numbers and I'm, I'm getting a little freaked out. Like, hey, did, did we make the right decision? She's like, just wait, give it some time, right? Because the again, the nature of this business is cyclical like that. And I think it's going to start picking up. Uh, and sure enough, it did. And, and the business just kind of got a little bit better and a little bit better every year since. But but yeah, I mean, I think that's great advice to anyone who runs a business in general, but particularly a, a wedding uh, photography business is that, you know, if you decide to try something, 
don't just like dip your toe in the water like oh i want to try it whatever facebook ads and then you try it for a week and it's like oh well that didn't work so let's not do that again let's do something else maybe you just need to really stick with it right you need to like dive totally into that pool before you can um properly assess it that's so true that's great advice that's really good advice Jesse. i don't think anyone's ever said that on the podcast before as well so yeah that is so true it's like when people you know put their prices up but they'll just wait for about a week and say maybe they've got no bites so they you get scared and put the prices down but you you've got to stick with things longer you do oh for sure i mean it it's a marathon right it's not a sprint these things take time you have to have patience um, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be hard times. Uh, but yeah, you can't, you can't be skittish, right? Like you need, you need to, to make a decision, okay. stick with it, you know, and, and see it through before you actually can, can tell whether it was positive. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Um, I, I like this question, Jesse, and there may not be any here, but I'm going to ask you anyway, have you ever made any really memorable mistakes whether that's you know shooting wise at a wedding or a business wise or or life wise you know have you made any any memorable mistakes we constantly make mistakes yes all i mean our, our whole mantra is fail forward right whether it's in business or in in shooting um the only way to learn is to fail i firmly believe to to go through the growing pains and learn from your mistakes uh memorable mistakes they're I, so I have this, I'm not, I'm not going to give the spoiler away. I'll, I'll just tell this story. Okay, so we were, cool. We were, <laughs> uh, we were doing these astro portraits with this couple in Estes Park, Colorado. Um, astro portraits? Like, like... yeah, uh, sorry, photos of uh, the couple uh, with the Milky Way in the background, oh, nice, right? Cool. So okay. it's kind of like very highly technical. Uh, there's a lot of like numbers and equations running through. I'm like Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover, where he's at the blackjack table and he's got all the numbers and equations. Oh yes, yeah, I love that around. film as well. Anything, uh, anything Vegas is great. Yeah, so I'm focusing cool. on you know my settings and the focusing uh, on the couple and dialing it in for the Milky Way and and, the, and there was also a per se a meteor shower going on, so capturing meteors streaking through in the background. Okay. Um, and I'm like. Okay, uh, Derek, would, could you grab uh, Katie around the waist and, and pull her in tight? And then, and then Katie, look at Derek and hold still on the count of three, two, one. And, and then finally, um, the groom turns to me and he goes, who's Derek? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. That's when I remember the groom's name was Kevin. <laughs> Derek was last Saturday. So I have this habit of not remembering people's names. So I, and I'm really gun-shy gun about it where I'll just... You know, I'll kind of omit the name from from when I'm speaking to them. And like, could you grab her by the waist and yes. that sort of thing? But yeah, I, I mean, I still have nightmares about about those sorts of things. Calling, uh -oh. you know, if if it's the mom or the the bridesmaid or whatever, that's you know that that happens. But if you call, if you call, I have a lot of anxiety around uh, calling the bride and groom by by the wrong name for sure. I and I've understand done it many that. Times. <laughs> I, I totally understand that and um the way you say as well about you'll just uh, i some i'm like that sometimes just don't use the name use pronouns instead that's, exactly uh, yeah <laughs> oh, that's funny that's funny um jesse let's look down and i, I said this to moira as well but you are just so easy to talk to and it's just flown by we've just gone over, we've spoken for over an hour already it's um it's been so fab talking to you man um yeah really. you too man i really enjoyed this for sure
No, I'm me, really. And you've got such a cool voice, I have to say. It's such a cool voice. It just is. It's just very cool, very cool. That, that No one has ever said that to me before. So what? Thank, really? Gonna, can, I, can I quote you on our website? It'll be like, <laughs> fearless, top, whatever, and this and then this, best photographer, and then it'll be like, a cool voice too. <laughs> proper cool <laughs> voice. Yeah, it's proper cool. Proper cool. Um, but yes, we've just got time for one more question, if that's okay with you. Sounds good, yeah. Okay, cool. And I asked, um, I, I think I ended this uh, with Moira, actually, so it'd be quite interesting to hear your thoughts as well. So, yes, Jesse, what would be your top tips or or top tip or just a bit of advice to help someone become better at the documentary side of what we do? You know, it just could, it could be... I don't know, any bit of advice, any kind of tip, yeah, but specifically about the documentary side of, of wedding photography. Yeah, um, first and foremost, I would say, you know, just be aware of your surroundings, right? Like we we get so focused on shooting the things we think we're supposed to shoot, like hitting that checklist, like, okay, the dress is going on, right? And I need to get up there and take a photo of the dress going on. Or it's the first kiss, and I, I need to be in the aisle and, you know, this far back and ready to take that shot of the first kiss mm. um, or the first dance or, or whatever it is. But there's always these adjacent moments going on in your periphery that are sometimes better and almost always more unique and impactful, right? Like mm. maybe the best moment during the dress going on is actually the um, – you know, one of the bridesmaids crying in the corner or something like that, right? Um, mm. Maybe during the first kiss, there's, you know, uh, or, or during the vows, let's say, uh, there's someone who has like a really great uproarious laugh, right, from, from the mm. crowd. So we kind of try to key into the key players at the beginning and figure out like, okay, um, you know, Aunt Karen uh, is a crier for sure. And she's definitely, the waterworks are going to come on during, you know, during the toasts or something like that. Or or these two bridesmaids have a really great laugh. So let's keep our eye on them. Um, not that you don't, I mean, obviously you have to capture those things too, right? And that's what helps us working as a team. One of us can kind of focus on the, uh, you know, the must-haves that mm -hmm. we're expected to shoot. And then the other can, uh, is a little bit more free to roam and, and not, that you don't have to feel as kind of tied into, um, you know, just getting the basic stuff. And, mm -hmm. and we can alternate in those roles based on what we're noticing. And we have sort of a an unspoken language, just like the little eye movements <laughs> back and forth at each other, right? Oh, that's cool. Yes, the nonverbal stuff. Yeah, no, that's cool. And that's such an important point. And it can be it can be so difficult to do, isn't it? Because I think it's kind of ingrained in us that we have to get this moment. This is one of, as you mentioned, those one of those important moments, like the dress going on. So we can be kind of like tunnel visioned, but as you say, to just be aware of other things that are going on can make yeah, just be just so much more impactful and more of a unique moment rather than just the same stuff every week as well. Yeah, there's this really cool YouTube video that we show at our workshops, um, and I think it was produced in the UK. Uh, it's it's a video of, it says, like, uh, count how many times the basketball players make a pass. And then it's this team of players running around passing the ball, and you have to, like, focus on the ball, right? Hmm. Um, and then at the end, it says the correct answer is 13. And it says, but did you see the moonwalking bear? And then <sighs> it rewinds. And you watch it again with a little bit more open awareness, not so tunnel visioned, uh, and you see a bear moonwalks through the frame. Uh, that's you, didn't, cool. you didn't even see it the first time because you're so focused on that ball, right? So, you know, we always say don't don't focus on the ball, right? That the first kiss is the ball, the rings going on is the ball. Um, and again, you gotta get those shots, but 
there's also a moonwalking bear in there somewhere. You just have to find it. <laughs> that sounds on oh, such a good soundbite. I don't do soundbites from these episodes, but I should do that. That's such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like that is Jesse. That's like the perfect way. That's like mic drop ending of the podcast episode. That is. That's like a really oh, good nice. That, yes. That's great to hear. <laughs> so good. Oh man, thank you so much for talking to me, taking the time of your day and chatting to me. I've really enjoyed talking to you, man. I really have. I've really enjoyed it too. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for having us and for taking the time to talk to both of us for an hour today. That's very impressive uh, no. to me. I, again, I don't, I don't think that I would have the uh, endurance or the enthusiasm to, to, to do it twice in one day. So, oh, so prop, no. props to you. Oh, no, it's been a real joy, honestly, to talk to you both. And I'm really looking forward to meeting you both in the flesh in November because I'll be in Leeds with Nine Dots. So that'd be really great to um, actually That's awesome, man. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that for sure. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, okay, man. So, yeah, thanks so much. And I will see you in like eight months time. Yeah. See you in eight months. I can't wait. And good luck with your move. <laughs> Thank and the, you. And the snakes. I, I appreciate it. And the bears. Yes. And, yes. and the rattlers and the grizzlies, not grizzlies, black bears. Yep. Yeah. Be aware. Be aware. <laughs> right. Thanks, Alan. Bye-bye, <laughs> man. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 127th episode of the This Repertage podcast. Awesome chatting to the silky voice Jesse there. Hope you enjoyed listening in. As mentioned earlier, I've also released another episode of the podcast today where I talk to Jesse's wife, Moira, so do check that one out as well. Head to thisisrepertage.com for a link to Jesse's website to see the fab reportage you already spoke about and for a link to their upcoming joint workshop in Mexico later this month. We now have 127 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world. If you like this episode, delve into our back catalogue for lots more. If you're not a member of this reportage or this I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> I should be able to say it. I'm going to keep it in though. Um, yeah, if you're not a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos, switching tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. Submissions are closing soon for our next awards round. The deadline is the same for both websites. Submit by 2359 GMT on the 24th of March, 2023. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. Mm-hmm.